podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomOfTheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 7th of December, 2021. My name's Patrick Smith. Of course, you can get us on your favourite podcast provider and on YouTube. We're here to bring you all the news and views of the Belfast Giants and the Premier Sports Elite Ice Hockey League. Now, let it not be said that this season isn't a roller coaster. The Giants showed bounce-back ability as they scored nine goals with none conceded to take four points in the road on in Scotland. On Scotland? In Scotland? Dear, dear. I spent a bit too much, too, much, too much time drinking in Scotland the weekend. You were on <laughs> Scotland. You were on it. I was. <laughs> it's a busy week ahead as the Giants take on the Blaze, the Flyers and the Panthers across Challenge Cup and League action. We've got a jam-packed show this week. There's so many people on it. We look at all four, excuse me, all four hard-earned points and how they came about. We'll hear from Jeff Mason, Scott Conway, and Tyler Beskarwani as Simon popped down to training. We've all the nominees of November's Player of the Month, sponsored by Phonacab. Slater Doggett is our guest on the fan agenda. He'll be answering your questions. We have a few bits of Elite League news. Uh, we'll speak to the Blaze head coach, Danny Stewart, ahead of Wednesday night's visit to the Sky Dome. And we have a very special interview at the end with one of our very favourite people. And uh, other than that very favourite person, I've got three other very favourite people in front of us. Mr. McGimsey, you keep him well. Good evening. I'm doing all right, Paddy. Good, good. Mr. Kitchen, how are you? I've lost my pen. I've lost my pen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic. It's somewhere. I'm just it's somewhere. It again. I'm okay. I'm all right. Apart from that, I'm okay now, mate. Yes. I've lost my there. pen. I've lost my pen. Brilliant. There it is. Well played. Well played. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> keep me on my toes. And, uh, and, Broadcasting live from the Colin Neal Morning Show Suite, and uh, where he often talks to Stephen Nolan. How are you, Mr. Neal? Yeah, it's uh, all good. Uh, relocated to uh, the Monte Carlo of East Antrim, sitting here in uh, in beautiful Larne. Uh, so the move went well, and uh, I've had to dig out my old Giants clothes for anybody watching on YouTube. I can get to one bag of clothes and that's it, but I think it's shrank in the past few years. How long are you staying there? Uh, we're going to be down here until probably next June or so, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know how uh, house building goes. It's probably going to be next Christmas by the time we get up. Yeah. How are you dealing with the uh, 56k dial-up internet? <laughs> the hamster's going to dinger me. I just stopped its coffee up there whenever I get in. So we're we're all good. It's going right. Right, gents. Um, a bit different show this week compared to the discussion that we had last week. Um, the Belfast Giants were the only elite league team to register a shutout at the weekend, and they actually achieved two. The first of which came. At five, it was a get the uh, for the people on YouTube a three nil victory for your Belfast Giants. Jordan Boucher opened the scoring on the power play. Slater Doggett, who we'll be talking to later on, uh, scored shortly afterwards in fourteen twenty two, and then in the second period, also in the power play, Scott Conway scored to make it three nil in the five net. Shane Owen forty one shots against three goals against, and in the Belfast net, Tyler Beskarwani twenty five shots against. No goals against. It was a shout out to referees Robin Elliott and Pavel Halas. David, that was a bounce back. 
Yes, and I guess that we spoke last week about what we needed to do better in terms of what what do we need to do better to win games. And I and I guess we talked to Coops when he came on, and, and we talked about net front presence. And I guess all three goals came from a little bit of that. Boucher in front for the first one with a tip, the rebound, the second longer activating from from D coming from the from the right point in, getting a shot away, the rebound for picking it to tuck in, and the third one <clears> traffic in front for for Conway's power play, nicely moved. Round the top of circles and Conway gets a shot away. Lots of traffic in front of Owen, giving him no no chance. So, in terms of what we did well, we you see that even the first goal for those watching YouTube's the transition speed that we came with. We controlled all three zones. We won the hit battle. We won the face off battle. You know, we controlled our own D zone. We controlled our O zone for most of the night, and and you know, we were disciplined. Took our opportunities when they came on the power play. It's really easy to get get high with a win and get low with a defeat. And I know that we're a bit despondent last week, especially with the Cardiff defeat more so than the you know the, the Dundee one was just a write-off of a day. It's hard not to get a little bit high with this performance and then into Sunday, which we'll come on to. I was really, really pleased with what we did well on Saturday night, which was control the 60 minutes and, and take our opportunities when they came along. Simon, the what got me from this game was like there was quick crisp passing from the Belfast Giants. The power play looked a lot better than it has done in previous weeks. You know, two power play goals from this. That's you know, if you want a sort of a bounce back, if you want a reaction, that's the reaction we want to see. Like we, we talked about it last week, um, and I'd said you know, losing against the Cardiff Devils, which again, I still believe that we were the better team that night. And then losing against Dundee uh, was a difficult weekend. And to react to that in the way we did, first of all, was, you know, with not conceding any goals all weekend. Not, okay, in fairness, the goaltender wasn't overworked. I'm not too sure. Did he get both man of the matches or did he get, the, I know he got Saturdays, um, but I think he'll tell you himself, he didn't even break sweat. Um, you know, for, for, for that for me, means it's a total collective with regards to your wingers, your centermen, and your defensemen all coming back to help out. And for that, that was the most impressive thing for me. It's excellent that we win the, the uh, special teams battle. You know, we, we didn't concede any goals on the power play. Uh, the 5 5, we didn't, um, we, we scored two power play goals. It was jigged around a wee bit, obviously, missing Cam Knight this weekend. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Baum got a lot of um, power play time. And to be honest, he took total advantage of it. I thought the kid was outstanding all weekend both against Fife and in Glasgow. Um, you're starting to get scoring from your back end as well. You know, we talk about Sunday in a few minutes. and But, you know, the whole thing, like, Fife did very well to try and shut down Conway, Hook and uh, Pekinich. And they also did very well to shut down Goody, Lake and Goodwin. But they obviously didn't really pay attention to Boucher, Soy and Doggett because that's the line that did the damage. Um, you know, they came out, they played very well. They just kept on moving their feet. Um, I thought Dogs had his, probably his best game for us um, on Saturday night. And uh, he got the goal and an assist. Mm. Um, and then, you know, Soizy as well. I, I think he's still, I still think there's a lot more to give from, from Tyler Soy. I think there's a lot more in the tank for him. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, I watched him <clears throat> practice. The kid is a bucket load of skill. I mean, a proper, he's probably. He's probably the most skillful player on the Giants, to be honest, in my opinion. But there's just something missing at the minute. And again, hopefully he starts to click very soon. Again, I thought he played well with Dogs and Boucher at the weekend. 
Um, and hopefully, you know, he can carry that into this weekend as well. But for me, totally dominated. Um, you know, when you when you give up that amount of shots away from home, again, that just means that total buy-in that Adam basically put across to the players last week after the disaster against the Dundee Stars. So, look, I already said it the week before, the Cardiff and, and Dundee games, we with two wins, that's not going to carry it away. With two wins this weekend, again, let's not get carried away. Two tough games this weekend. One of them's against the Five Flyers on Saturday. They're going to want a bit of revenge because coming into Belfast, they haven't beaten us this season. Hopefully that continues on. So, you know, this weekend could be interesting as well. But the weekend passed, total dominance. And that's the easiest way I can look at it. Shane Owen had the earnest keep. Joel, um, he got a bit of a cheer from the Giants fans as he as he left the ice, but he, he don't was agree with a lot of pressure. I you don't, don't agree, agree with cheering that. on the, the okay. No, no, I I I do that he definitely did got a cheer. We shouldn't be but, cheering away, team. I don't care if he played for the Giants or not. He played for them, it's done. I you know, I was talking to him after the game when he played in Belfast two weeks ago, and I know always oh, a really good guy, but seeing cheering away fans, stop it. It gives him a load of confidence. It yeah. genuinely does, just stop it. We don't we cheer our team. That's it. Everybody else, see ye. I fully agree with that. I fully agree with that. But Joel, you know, he was under a lot of pressure. And, you know, <clears> was that, what is it I said? He had 41 shots against. And it was a, a difficult night for him. Yeah. And it's, to be honest, it's what we've seen so far with the Fife Flyers. You know, the, the Flyers are a team that are capable of giving you one of those banana skin nights. But let's be honest, boys, you know, they're they're a shorter bench than us. That team has put together on, on a shoestring budget. And unfortunately, it's shown. Um, and it's it's especially shown at the back. You know, Owen, I think anytime we've seen them, um, he's done a lot. He's done a lot of good work, but there's really not much in front of him. Um, I think also, you know, we, we've talked about the Giants offensively and how, and how Besco didn't have an awful lot to do. Um, but I think whenever he was called upon, he did extremely well. And, and I'm talking specifically about that first period. Um, there was a, a kind of deja vu after both of the goals. Uh, there was a, a breakaway off the drop of both of our goals. Um, the first one was Jacob Benson, who who did really well um, to break away down towards Besco. Um, and he he gloved it just so comfortably. It was a beautiful glove save. And then straight away after that second, um, there was another Flyers breakaway and, uh, and Besco got his right leg down to it out at his uh, right post. So, Sometimes I think it's harder, you know, whenever you're not doing an awful lot to be called upon for those athletic saves. Um, so I think Besco did extremely well, as did the the defense. And in a, in a weekend where you were so offensively dominant, a lot of that came from the back for me. And, and I think it, shot, it showed more whenever we were in Glasgow the next night. But um, as Simon says, an all-around team performance. And to give the boys their credit, you know, we, we don't, really often talk about the human side of this you know we we are we, you know we analyze a game we talk about what happened on the ice but uh simon correct correct me if i'm wrong but that was a rough old day that the giants were on the ferry over to, to scotland that day and um, that's a, a difficult difficult journey <laughs> at the best of times that irish sea can get a wee bit spicy um, whenever that boat starts to roll a lot of those boys probably haven't done ferry travel to road games so um that could have been a, a difficult evening for a few upset stomachs and uh, the boys pulled out a fantastic dominant road win yeah, I'll not name names, but there was five of them that were sick. <laughs> Davey, did I see you didn't you didn't agree with Joel's comment about it being on a shoestring budget? Oh, just what I, I I don't know that much about team budgets, but like the, the the five flyers roster from top to bottom doesn't strike me that's something that's built for for pennies. Like it's, it's maybe not one of the top budget teams, that's for sure. The arena teams obviously spend a lot more per capita because they've got a lot more fans coming in the building. I think there's maybe. Not more expenses as well, don't forget. 
a bit more expensive as well. But like um, Todd Dudium's been backed by the owners there for for many many years. I, I, I'm not going to say I disagree with Joel that it's, but I don't think it's put together on a shoestring. It's, it always it always comes back to the whole idea that we remember from um, coach's time at the, Neil Russell's time at Storm and in the early <laughs> yeah. days that was always his excuse. Oh, we're 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 a, you know we're not a we're a big budget team. We're sorry, we're not a big budget team. We're not supposed to be able to do this, that, and the other. And you'll find that later on in the show, interview with Danny Stewart, he brings up and he says he doesn't want to talk about budget, but budgets is always, especially in the elite league, it's always a talking point. Because well, you, it's, you, lo- you love it. It's you, used to, you used to always talk in the coach. Yeah, but because it doesn't matter. As yeah. in, your budget's your budget. Get the best team you can and put your faith in the boys on the ice. But if the boys on the ice don't perform, don't undermine them by saying, well, we're paying them peanuts. You know, it doesn't, it, it, it does nothing for the team. It does nothing for putting faith in the team. You put your team together, you put them out and you compete. If you finish first, well done. If you finish fifth, well done. If you finish bottom, that's where you're supposed to be. But don't, don't turn around and say, well, you know, we can't buy the more expensive players. It's just nonsense. It's even, you know, but part of that point was, you know, that, that even numbers, you know, they've only got, what, 16 men and 10 forwards on their roster. Uh, and we mm. have that kind of comfort to carry that extra man. And, and over the course of, of a, a game against a, a well-drilled team like ourselves, that's going to show if you don't have that extra body to, to kind of turn out. But Oh, that's true, yeah. What I will, what I will say is... Um, sorry? At the weekend, don't forget, more players lost the weekend, didn't they? Yeah, fair. We're better. The... What I, what I will say is that uh, Coach did stop using that excuse once he came around to our house to watch the Nottingham Panthers game, and I had a go at him about it. And Pash was in the room, and uh, yeah, <laughs> stopped after that. So <laughs> he got it. He got the message. He got it. Didn't you, Coach? <laughs> the, the big thing. Send me a WhatsApp, Coach. You got yeah. the message. <laughs> when you look at budgets, you know Thomas or Mister Muir, who owns the Five Flyers, you know he's not short of a few bob. Like, but you, know, the Five Flyers seem to keep on attracting the players back. That have been there. There's quite a few of them have been there before, you know. And it's the same with Dundee. Pass just seems to attract the guys back. And you know, Pass has said before about budgets, and that, like every coach in the league is going to say about a budget. It doesn't make a difference whether it's uh, the Cardiff Devils coach or whether it's Dundee Stars coach. They're all going to say, you know, I'd like more players. I'd like more. I'm not going to mention that, Paddy. I'd like more players, and I'd like more um, uh, guys that come into the lineup. But like the bottom line is, your budget is your budget, as Paddy says. You do the best of what you possibly can. Um, and like we could sit here and talk about budgets the whole way through the league, um, and uh, what way people are paid. Like, you know what? The bottom line is, we just do what we can with our budget, um, and that's that's all that matters. I don't care it, about a real team. Couldn't care it, less. It, it, it's it's an, it's an easy discussion point for likes of social media because people can start pointing the fingers when they don't know the facts. They can just say, "Well, that guy looks more expensive." That the expense of a player is down to the agent. You could have you could have you could be a rubbish player, but if you've got a good agent that can sell you well, then you're going to get a good wage regardless of your ability. You look you look at our what we have to do for traveling. You know, I, I don't know. I have to ask Glover how many flights we book each season, but you know, teams have to come here three times. That's it. Maybe four if they to get them, and then playoffs or get them in the cup. We've got to travel nine times out of ten every you know weekends and stuff. So you know, okay, going to Glasgow, you've still got the expense of, of a coach's. I think what a six hundred quid for a day. You know, we've got to hire a coach to go there to twice. So it's twelve hundred quid just for a coach. And if you're flying, then you add your flights into it. You know, we can't travel back on the same night that we play on a, on a flight. So we have to pay for hotels as well. So our expenses 
are a hell of a lot more than everybody else's in the league. That, that's just the bottom line. And, you know, I, I, I think there was a team came in here a few weeks ago on a Sunday. They flew in and they flew back out on Sunday night. They're back in their own bed on a Sunday night. You know, honestly, if we could do that, we genuinely would, but we can't. You get the the last flights coming from the likes of, you know, if we're playing at Coventry or we're playing at Cardiff. Davey, you know, Manny, what's the last flight on a Sunday night from Bristol to Belfast? Oh, you're probably not getting anything after half seven, eight o'clock, something like that. We can't make it back. Sorry, Sorry, Belfast, awful for getting in too late at night. It is, yes. Always has been. It is. What was the name? What was the name of that Czech team? The Czech team that flew in late, flew out the same day, and got slapped Liberich. around and went home with their Liberich. with their tail between their legs. <laughs> yeah. well, you see, see when you travel, well, Joel will know this. See when you're traveling with a European team in football and you're playing um, the European game, you have to be there the day before. Yeah, so you basically you can't fly on the same day. You've got to be there the day before. You can fly out that night of the game after the game, but you have to be on whether it be in Wales or whether it be Slovenia or Portugal. It doesn't matter. You have to be there the day before here. Yeah. Obviously, you don't. Yeah, true. I just right, one, on. one last thing, because yeah. we're segueing there, Paddy. But Coach or Omar Pasha was on the other week there, and he talked about, you know, he only dipped his toe in budgets, but what he was talking about was the product in Dundee and how much he's put into the off ice thing, and he's now got crowds are up over twenty percent, and that all feeds into more money. So you know, Fife, for example, need to work on that uh, that side of things because their their crowds are are small. In comparison to what Dundee even are now, you know Dundee have taken over their 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 in terms of number. Fife's a difficult place to go. It's always quite hostile, but the numbers aren't in there like they were years ago. So you know, in terms of that product, Fife need to be doing something there as well. The league has that down as twelve hundred forty-eight in twelve hundred forty-eight in Fife on Saturday night is not a not a big crowd. Let's yeah. um let's move it on. The uh, highlights from the game uh, are available on YouTube from Flyers TV, and we travel just down the M8 into Glasgow. I just say that the negotiations last week went nowhere. I got to neither of these games despite being in <laughs> Edinburgh. Absolutely livid I was. The amount of times I brought it up and tried to drop a hint and say, am I taking it? No, it was a flat no, door shut. I got Did you know neither. the Giants were also in Scotland this weekend? Oh, yeah. I got nowhere. Anyway, <laughs> I think you had game, a good time though, mate. 2,340 people went to the Brayhead Ice Centre. Uh, and people watched on Premier Sports as the Belfast Giants remain unbeaten on television with a 6-0 victory over the Glasgow clan. Scoring opened by Lewis Hook. Slater Doggett scored the second. Jordan Boucher with a well-worked goal for the uh, for the third. David Goodwin on the power play. Griffin Reinhardt on the power play. And Scott Conway, six different scores. Uh, rounded out at 6-0. Shane Starrett only lasted 51 minutes. He was pulled with those... Nine minutes to go. Uh, 48 shots against, eight goals against. Uh, sorry, six goals, eight goals against. Six goals against. Um, he was replaced by Jordan McLaughlin, who had three shots uh, on him with no goals to play for nine minutes. Tyler Beskarowani, only 14 shots against away from home on the road for the shutout. Two refs, Pavel, Pavel <laughs> Halas and uh, Daniel Ferguson. Says... Um, Another shutout, another dominant performance. But can I just point out how I thought that Jordan Boucher was a menace all game long? Unreal. First of all, I want to point out I thought the referees were brilliant on some, Sunday night. But they were yep. very fair right throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, um, you call the right penalties at the right time. Now, Bush was outstanding. They just couldn't handle his pace. Now, I get where uh, Coach Cameron's coming from. He's played four games, which is half a season. 
um, in the space of six nights. I understand that. Um, that's their fault. That's not our fault. Um, yeah. They basically decided to come in late. And, uh, well, not decided, but they were sort of forced to come in late. So they're just going to have to get on with it. They're going to play more three and threes this season. Hopefully we're on the third game, which I'd be very, very pleased about. Um, but when we dominate a team like that, okay, they had a long road trip coming back up the road. And I was listening to one of their players get an interview, said he didn't get into bed until 5 a.m. Yeah. Not a bad luck they're having. Um, you know, only conceding 14 shots is that's down to us. That's not anything to do with the, the Glasgow clan. That's down to us. That's how good we were defensively again on Sunday night. Um, whether we're boxing guys out, keeping them to the outside. Again, the amount of times I think I seen best go on camera about five times throughout that whole thing. That's it. You yeah. know, and when you see him, he's sort of standing with his arm on the on the post. <laughs> he's, I mean, honestly, You're see if you a get chair. a chance to watch. See if you get a chance, Joel. You'll you'll see it because the boys can't see it when it's on the camera. Have a look at Besco and the pucks down the other end. He'll be standing talking to Taff. He'll be shouting over to Taff on the bench, and he'll just have a wee bit of a pop. He's unbelievable. Like, see, see, but when he concentrates on the game itself, and when he's in the zone, there's not a better goalie in the league. I don't care. He plays so relaxed. What argument he plays you have so with relaxed. it? You're wrong. He's the best goalie in the league when he's in the zone. He's already, you know, held his hand up and coughed, a, coughed up a couple of goals this season. Yes, he didn't have much to face this weekend against Fife and, and Glasgow, but what he did have to face, he saved. But again, when you when you have guys like stepping up in the lineup, Hookie step up in the lineup again, there you go, getting this, the first goal of the game, getting the boys on their way. You know, you you, you can't do, I can't ask any more of them. You just, the boys come out ready to play all weekend. And it comes down to desire. It comes down to, you know, the, the way we wanted to play. But it comes down to being on Premier Sports again, four for four this season. You know, I wish we could play on every weekend. It'd be great. Um, but for me, it, it all comes down to, again, the, it's a team performance. It's, yes, we had a couple of really good individual performances. I think David will probably put up the points and many guys had three points. I think it was either three or, sorry, maybe four or five guys had three points. But that that just basically means... It's a team performance, and that's what it comes down to for me the whole weekend. If we can get that buy-in from for the for this weekend, forget about what's happening down the line. If you get this buy-in for the Friday, sorry, Saturday play five, isn't it? Yep, Saturday, Saturday game against five flyers in Belfast. I'll be a very happy person. So one one game at a time. Let's look forward to this weekend. But past weekend, dominant. There was times, Joel, that we looked like we were. It was five on five, and we looked like we were on the power play. That the, the Giants were cycling the puck and line changing while they were cycling the puck. It was, you know, the dominant performance that, that Simon's just taken us through is absolutely right. In fact, the only time I can think of Tyler Beskarani pulling off anyway or being needed to pull off a decent save was a chance from Colton Yellowhorn, where he put it down the left hand side and and and. Um, Besco on his left pad kept it kept it underneath. You know, I'd love to. You know, we'll come to Davy a second as well to help break down the game. But it's just it just seemed as if, and as Simon says, you could talk about being leggy and stuff like that. That's just the way that they've set up their season. So unbelievably crisp um, at five on five on the power play and even on the kill. Um, and if I can touch on something I said in the, the Fife game as well, uh, whenever the puck did end up in our zone, uh, I think we were absolutely sensational at creating offense out of it. Um, Davey actually flagged, I think it was you, Davey. Uh, it sounds like something you would say, uh, or might have been says, uh, somebody, somebody anyway flagged Mark Garside as, you know, just continuing to quietly do those right things that, that cause big chances and cause a lot of offense. 
Yeah. Uh, and there, there was a fantastic moment where Gary dug the puck out on uh, our right-hand side in our D zone. Um, and it was kind of like a no-look layup to Bush, who then just completely sent himself on the breakaway. Um, didn't, didn't score, but I think defensively, again, when called upon, we were razor sharp. I think Ropper was fantastic. I think Bomb was fantastic at... at uh, killing off the the very occasional odd man rush that we faced. Uh, couldn't agree more, Paddy, about about Boucher. Um, I made, uh, and with all respect, Daryl Lloyd, <laughs> Lloyd, I love you. Um, I made the comparison between the two at the start of the season, but Jordan Boucher has wheels for days. Uh, someday soon, he's going to score that where he drags the puck across into the slot and goes backhand. I've seen him do it like five or six times so far during the season. And someday soon he's going to score it and it's going to be sensational. Um, but now look at another entire team performance, six different goal scorers. Fantastic. Two power play goals. Fantastic. Uh, and just up and down the lineup. I don't care. Uh, the Glasgow clan, I don't care if they're playing their eighth game of the week. I still want to absolutely shellack them. And that's what we did. Um, you know, a lot of these guys have come from the ECHL. They're used to playing three and threes. The Belfast Giants played a ton of three and threes the season before the pandemic uh, and, and you know we had to go away and, and dig points up they had the benefit of being in their in their own building after you know fair enough a travel day and um, but they weren't booking on a ferry on their way to Fife you know you're, you're on a, a cozy bus on the way home so no excuses for me you know if, if, if you don't want to play that many games start your season before Christmas. Um, Davey one of the things you said last week was getting to the net and if you get to the net you know you're going to cause problems for the goalkeeper and we were getting to the net yeah, one of the big things that we have talked about on the show for well, me probably more than anybody over the last number of weeks was the number of shots from the outside with no traffic in front. And we talked earlier there about what we did in Fife. Well, we didn't get second goal scoring opportunities in previous weekends. We just haven't been getting them. The first goal is a rebound. The second goal is a rebound. The third goal is a rebound. Mm-hmm. The last goal is a rebound. These are shots going in with a bit of traffic, start not being able to... to you know, corral the puck and boys going in for second goal scoring opportunities. So four out of the six goals, you know, the the other one, the blast from Reinhardt, two, at least two players in front of, of Sturt, can't see it. And the other one is the one where Collins just drops a little saucy pass in towards the slot oh, and good ones Lovely pass. across the blue paint and goes. And a, a bit of an assist to Stevie Thompson here. Stevie Thompson's probably the only one who'll get this assist, but Stevie Thompson analyzes goalies. Now, I don't know whether Kiefer puts this in front of the players or not, but if he did, it just so happens that four of the six goals were in an area that Stevie Thompson identified as being maybe somewhere to be looking at. So big cap tip to Stevie Thompson there for all the work he does because he, he analyzes every goaltender and every goal conceded in this league every week and has it in my inbox before I get to work on a Monday morning. So I don't know when he stays up on Sunday night or whatever. But it's he's not incredible. as if you have to travel that far to go to work. I will. I'm not traveling, but the email had to travel from Belfast. Like, <laughs> don't know how it works. But anyway, yeah. So so rebounds was, was key and going in there for those second scoring opportunities. Hookie on that first one does that there. And there I don't know whether you're going to play the interview with Collins that he, he does afterwards, uh, Scott Conway. And he and I think Sis does one with him as well, where they talk about Hookie does all the work. Hookie does what Mark Garside did for Kiefer and Order. He wins a puck, he gives it to him, he goes to the dirty areas, he lets them do their skill stuff. And he's in and around the blue paint for those rebounds. And he did it really, really well the weekend. We talked about those six goals. And then I'm sure we want to come on a wee bit to Mac Stewart and yeah, Beatty getting a bit of a run out towards the end. We're six nothing up. They, they got a few, I think Mac gets about half a dozen. Five nothing up. Five nothing up when he Because, because up Mac first. was involved in that sixth goal. 
he, he was indeed. He, he takes Book of Boom down in the corner. He actually gets a puck behind the net and plays it off the net and goes mm-hmm. into the corner. Loses perhaps the physical battle, but he, he's tied Book of Boom up and all of a sudden Boucher is on the puck and he's skated and he's gone forehand, backhand. Again, start it down, low blocker, makes a save, but Conway with the rebound. So that's what we did really, really well. And, and we did the same things we did against Fife. We won the we won the battles. We won the face-off battle. We talked about physicality with Sizz, and uh, we might have just talked about this on the phone, Sizz, rather than on a podcast. Can't remember. We were, when we were talking about, you know, we were being out-hit by teams. But if you've got the puck for 50 of the 60 minutes, you can't hit the other team. If you've got the puck, you can't make a hit. So sometimes... When we lose that hit battle, the reason for it is that we've always got the puck and you don't have to. That wasn't a necessarily physical game. I thought um, Brayhead, Glasgow lost the raw themselves towards the end of the game. I think the penalty count was like 9-2. And as Simon has already said, the referees just called what was there. They didn't make any phantom calls up. I thought Brayhead lost the run themselves a wee bit. Can I just be, I'll just breeze in this, but the, the... I find that quite an odd statement to make to say, you know, we're battling a nine two. And he seems annoyed at that as if uh, I had a chat with um, a friend of a friend of us all in Alex Kunovitz about this. And he, he seemed, I agree with him as if power plays are supposed to even out in a game. You know, he said, oh, we're battling against a 9-2 power play count. I don't know what the referees are doing. The referees are calling the penalties that are on the play. The referees are putting the teams in the position they deserve to be in. I thought the referees called them pretty well. As you say, there were quite a few slashes that were being done and the and the, and the uh, clan were losing the run themselves. But don't come after the game and sort of insinuate that you believe somehow that, you know, the power plays are supposed to even up. If one team is creating penalties, then you're going to get penalised. Absolutely. You're 100% correct. Sorry, Gibby. You're absolutely correct, Paddock. 100%. There was a there was a high sticking incident. I think it was Laporte maybe got sticked, and he was determined that he was cutting yeah. his fingers up his nose. He's trying, trying to find blood. Now. But like the refs didn't call it, and he just got to get on with that. And then I think he ends up taking a, a misconduct penalty, which put them back on the power play again. And it was um, it was the. Is it the, interesting to play that because we were on a delayed call? Then we scored, and then he gets sat down. I assume for giving up a few verbals because he thought he was due a two plus two. Yeah, I think they just lost their discipline. They were tired. I will. It does sound like excuses. Coaches sometimes try to, you know, take a wee bit of the heat off their players. It's just been beat 6 0 at home. He has to come up with something in the interview just to say we were, you know, because they weren't terrible at times. The Belfast, yeah. Sometimes you're that good. You make your opponent look that bad. I don't think they were particularly terrible, but we controlled all three zones. We controlled the puck. We controlled face off. I think um, Scott Conway was something like seventy-seven percent of face offs. He's like a, he's, he's always in and around twenty-five to thirty face offs in a game. He takes his shoulders the massive responsibility for for our draws, and he, I think he was seventy-seven percent the other night. And that is possession, 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 possession is nine tenths of law. If you've got that puck, you're hard to beat. You can't, you know, they have to come and be physical to try and get it off you, and it's gone. The Belfast Giants on Sunday night just controlled the puck so well around the outside. And then got in front and got pucks in that, scored six goals, could have scored a whole lot more. I think we ended up with uh, stats on the phone, haven't looked up, 80 something shots, 40 something, 50 on target, you know. So Starrett was a tired man come 50 minutes. 
Interesting point, Joel, just bringing you in on this, is the fact that there was a point, I think, midway through the second period that obviously they're trying to change a bit of momentum and, and Roop gets challenged and it looks like they want a bit of a drop of their gloves and Roop circles back and comes away from it. Now, in previous weeks, we've talked about how we've been turning things down and not showing the physicality and blah, 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 maybe want to get... But there's an example of exactly what, where we don't need that. They want to change something. We don't need to do that. We've looped away and we've went on and scored instead. Yeah, a lot of that frustration, though, has come from us being in situations where we needed a spark, you know, you, and, and it's the, the easy thing to go to, get the gloves down, light the crowd up and and, uh, and G the boys up. We've seen it a couple of times in recent weeks. You know, there was obviously the the uh, the goal that we scored in uh, in Belfast against Manchester, where there's a bit of a kerfuffle around the benches. Um, and, and instead of getting caught up in that, we take off on the breakaway. And I think it's Kieran Long scores. Um, yep. So it's it's a it's it's reading the game and it's knowing that you're in control and knowing that you don't need to fight for the sake of it. This isn't that league anymore, boys. We've we've talked about it at length. You know, there, there's there's no there's no kind of circus fights anymore. You don't have the the kind of gloves down before face offs for the sake of it and and just making it part of the the kind of game night experience. Which that's old EIHL to me. That's EIHL kind of 2008 through to maybe 10 11. Um, I just I, you, you don't see it anymore. Uh, we were completely in control. Glasgow had absolutely no answer for just how consistent uh, our, our high press was. We were just ramming it uh, right in their face for for uh, at sixty minutes entirely. Um, to pick up on two people, I think Lewis Hook continues uh, to show improvement. His fourth goal of the season uh, and, and increased ice Not time. Fourth league goal of the season. I think he's got more. I think he's got. Sorry, seven. yeah, you're right. Fourth league goal of the season. Um, you need to uh, stop listening to Murphy. He's always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he's taking the stats off the um, off the website instead of listening to Mister Majimsey here. He's got all the stats. Davy's the man. Lewis Hook, uh, Lewis Hook, fantastic. I think Slater Doggett, who uh, who will will obviously speak to very soon, um, was was absolutely brilliant. I think he he arrived uh, in a way that maybe Tyler Soy started to show that weekend. Whenever we we hammered Nottingham in Nottingham, and um, just had a, a kind of grandstand game. Um, and the last thing I was gonna say, um, actually, back to the stats and back to Davey. You know, you, you you mentioned Stevie Thompson's work there on on picking kind of areas on goalies and that kind of stuff. Uh, you have to tip your cap to those boys. The, the amount of work that they do, the amount of unseen graft that goes on and it can be very very i'm sure tedious very thankless uh you know putting those hours in and juggling your own home life your own work life family whatever um there's so much work goes on away from i mean like i i, I feel like a an imposter at the best of times whenever we analyze hockey games together you know i'm, I'm a an idiot that you keep inviting back on your podcast which i'm very grateful for um but the, the amount of work that goes on away from kind of the, the spotlight and, and the players and stuff and, and i just think those boys encapsulate what true fans of the belfast giants are those are boys that are, are putting their skills and their talents to work doing what they can they're fan activists it's absolutely fantastic i couldn't have <laughs> couldn't have any more respect for them and what they do uh, one last thing, because we've got Slater Doggett waiting in the wings to chat with us here. One last thing before we do wrap it up, says I just want to ask you about Mac and Kel, about those guys getting that ice time, more ice time, more involvement with the Giants. Uh, it's just great to see. Yeah, look, the, the two kids want to play. Um, you know, they're they're at the practice every morning. I know Max had a couple of exams in the last few weeks. He's still at school, but look, they're, they're working hard. They're, they're they want to learn, and that's the big big, big part about it. You know. Um, Kel got his first goal for Solway there on Saturday night as well. And then obviously they got plus one each in the in the game against Glasgow. What they have to realize is they're not going when they're playing junior hockey, they're probably playing in the region of 35 to 40 minutes a game. And they, you know, 
the, the last season that they had as 15-year-olds playing in the Scottish League, I think they all ended up with about 80 or 90 points each. Yeah. They're not going to get that here. They're going to get three, four, maybe five minutes a game. And that's the bit that they have to get used to because, the, as I say, coming from junior hockey to the level that they're at now, there is a massive step up and it doesn't suit everybody. Now, you know, Kel, I'll, I'll use Kel as a point because Mac was off last week. Kel, when I think he went up to practice with them, uh, the uh, Scottish National League team um, and then he came on the ice the next morning and he was exhausted. He was knackered. And then I think Taff had a word with him, told him, look, forget about the SNL. This is the team you need to be concentrating on. You need to be getting your rest. You need to be getting ready physically. And that's the bit that they need to start learning from the pros. So, you know, whether you're listening to, I know we're bringing on Slater Dog at the minute, whether you're listening to Coops, whether you're listening to Adam Keefe, it doesn't matter. The whole point is to keep asking questions. Want to learn. If you don't want to learn, you're not going to be there. And that's what those two need to get onto. And again, there is other kids within the development side of the junior Belfast Giants that could have a chance of getting to where Kel and Mac are. You know, the, the two Hamels have been on the ice mm. in practice this year. Um, they've had, I think they had Jamie Ferguson on at the start of the season. They had young Travis Lavery. There's a, as I say, there's a couple of other kids there who who could possibly get, as I say, to where Kel and Mac are. But this isn't going to be handed to them on a plate. You need to want it. You need to be able to put the desire into it. You need to be able to put the time and effort into it. And if you can do that, then you've got a chance. You certainly need to have the talent as well, but the talent isn't the be-all, end-all. You need it's, it's up here that you need to have it. And if they can do that, I wish them all the best in the world because look, we've all, you know, unfortunately, we haven't really been had the opportunity in the last few years to shout for anybody from Belfast, from Northern Ireland, the place for the chance. Yes, we'll have Deco, but we all know he doesn't get the ice time, which we would love him to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for me, I, I think it's fantastic seeing the kids on the ice. I think it's brilliant that Adam's given them the chance when we have the opportunity to get them into the lineup. And uh, I'll look forward to our next game. Here, here. Paddy, Go on, Davey, to, very just, quickly. All right, well, very quickly. It's, it's the good work. I'm, I'm almost going back 10 minutes. I, I didn't get a chance to I'll write the reply, if you want to call it. Simon was talking about Tyler Soy earlier on. And I yes. thought Tyler Soy had a really, really strong weekend. But, you know... You're talking about Kel and Mac and stuff there too, Simon, and, and development. You know, Slater really is coming from U Sport. He had that one little ECHL, AHL, but you know, this is this is a big step up. He's moved away from North Not America. Not Slater. Not Slater. Sorry. S- Tyler Soy. Did I say Slater? Sorry. Because ta- yeah. I started talking about Tyler. Sorry. So Tyler Soy, you know, he came from U Sports. He, he's had that one little nibble at the AHL and the CHL. This is, you know, he's moved away from North America. He's, he's, had, a, he's had his time to settle. Now we're a third of the way through the season. And I thought Sunday, especially, he carried that puck really well front to back. He was involved in that last goal where he, he's actually carried the puck in and it's gone down in the corner when Matt goes and chases down. He just mm-hmm. needs a little bit of confidence, maybe, in front. You know, okay. Simon said about him in training, one of the most skillful players on the roster. He maybe just needs that one... But like Darcy the other week, got one off the arse or whatever, just to get him going, get a little bit of confidence. Because you talked about um, Bush having wheels for weeks. Tyler Soy can skip. He's got skills to burn. And he's he's almost he's not in this, the same mold as Patrick Franca from last year, but one of those players that you expect so much from because you can see that he's, he's just that there. diamond that just needs policy. But I, 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 real high hopes for him still. 
The uh, yep. So there's a six nil win for the Belfast Giants on Sunday, a three nil win for the Belfast Giants on, in Fife on Saturday. That's a four point weekend. We're going to move it along, gents. Uh, we're going to go to the fan agenda brought to you by our friends at Belfast Giants TV. A man who had five points this weekend in that road trip. We've just been talking about him. Please welcome Slater Doggett. How are you doing? Hey guys, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. Thanks. Just we've obviously you've just been you've been waiting in the wings there. You've obviously heard the conversation we just had about Mac and Kel. Just we'll start we'll start there. You know, you see these kids in training. How good is it to have those kids there and to see them getting even that sort of ice time at the end of the game in uh, in Brayhead? Yeah, I mean, uh, anytime anytime we can get those guys in the lineup and and you know maybe. Mac gets a shot on net or Kel gets a shot on net. We're all we're all jumping up and down on the bench hoping it goes in for those guys. So uh they're they're there with us every day of practice and they work hard and we we want to see them be successful and, and get more minutes on this team and and you know when when we're winning six nothing in the third and, and they're getting a lot of ice time, we we really want to see them get a goal or something and uh yeah, we just we would just be so happy for them if uh if they got a goal or um even if like when they're in the lineup, we we love having them. Yeah. So what about this past weekend? Obviously, we had to have that bounce back from the the two previous games against Cardiff and, and Dundee. You guys really did that. You know, none conceded is a fantastic. But to score nine and to take four points shows that you know that that is that is a real dig in. You know, bounce back performance. Yeah, yeah. I think kind of kind of one of the things that that we've been talking about as a team is, you know. It's it's nice one and two one and and one nothing, but a lot of times if you don't get at least three or four goals in a game, you're you're probably not going to win the game. So um, I think we've been really we've been really practicing hard, you know, finishing our chances in practice and and shooting to score. And when the when the drill's not over and there's a puck lane in the crease, we're not gonna we're not gonna let our goalies get away with just not finishing the drill. We're we're really trying to to bury those rebounds in practice, and I think that that really carried over into this weekend. We had, I don't know, both my goals this weekend were from inside the crease. So um, I think everyone on our team took that mindset and it worked out. We got nine goals and obviously two clean sheets is uh, kind of in a way a perfect weekend, right? Yeah. It's just, we were talking earlier in the show there, Slater, about, about the goals. And I guess out of the nine goals, bar the one that Griffin has on Sunday night and, and cons on the on the power play you could have added all our shots together and probably wouldn't have took you to the blue line you know everything was done net front present rebounds especially was a big improvement on previous weeks where we've been shooting without traffic in front and you've stages have been working on that but just another thing with the bot with being down the bodies and just running the three forward lines has that just been a little bit easier than having the four a little bit more ice time a little bit more confidence getting out there and just getting at it more yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, it it's it is nice having all our bodies in the lineup. I mean, maybe getting that little bit extra rest helps helps, you know, when we get down to the to the wire in the third period, but having having three lines, I think it it definitely doesn't hinder us. I mean, all of us all of us are in pretty good shape, so I don't think you know, not getting as much rest is is hurting us at all. So, yeah, I think I think the more you play, the more you do get into the rhythm of the game and and I think uh I think everyone was definitely we were rolling. We weren't, nobody was out off the ice for more than a couple minutes at a time. And I think that does, does help pretty well. Dogs, you've been up and down the lineup this season so far. 
Um, but the last couple of weekends, you've spent a lot of time on uh, a line with uh, Soizy and Bush. Um, and it does seem to be clicking. I mean, the weekend just passed you nine points for that line. Um, and you seem to be enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, like, you guys have seen Bush skate out there. It's uh, <laughs> it's pretty incredible when he gets his feet moving and gets the puck. All, all me and Soizy have to do is either get open or, or get in front of the net, and you know. He's gonna he's gonna find some open space and and find someone or he's gonna get a shot through himself. So uh, yeah, playing playing with Boosh, you just you just got to make sure you're on your toes and skating hard or else you uh, he'll leave you in the dust. But uh, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, I've I've been playing with Soizy for for quite a while and we have some pretty good chemistry in practice. I mean, uh, I guess it's been a while since we scored maybe that Nottingham game, but. Uh, like you can, you can tell he'll, if you're open, he'll find you. Like he, he seems to have eyes in the back of his head sometimes. So, I mean, we got a, a really good setup guy and, and Boosh who can just fly. So I think uh, the three of us really, if we, if we keep building some chemistry, I think we'll do something, uh, something good, something good in the future. I was I was talking, we mentioned Soizy earlier on. Um, and just, I mean, I, I'm lucky enough where I get to watch the practice and watch the boys. Um, you know, do their stuff and get ready for the weekends and the games upcoming. But this season, I, I just sort of seem to think that Soizy is probably one of the most gifted skillfully. Is, would that be a good argument? Yeah, I, th- I think so for sure. I mean, like he, he'll he'll do these little little moves in practice, and you even see it in the game a lot. Like he'll he'll get it through guys under guys' sticks in their triangle and come out with the puck and I don't know, I can't do that. I don't know a lot of guys who can, so <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> he can I, definitely try, I tried it. I tried it Sunday week. Well, the last night it was on the ice on a Sunday. It did a move against Nottingham and I tried it, turned myself inside out and it was ended up hitting my, my literally just coming behind the net and hitting my head off the barrier. Thank God nobody's seen it. And I wasn't <laughs> I did try it. Wasn't going to work out. You say nobody's seen it, but I've got the video here. Just let me share. It. <laughs> okay. I the first thing I did was go and check with Graham Walton on Monday morning, make sure CCTV wasn't on. Didn't work. No problem. That's a great team. Uh, Slater, if you don't mind, I'd, I'd like to just take a, a step back in, into your career before you arrived in Belfast. Um, mm-hmm. I, I had the, the pleasure of kind of working through the player bios ahead of this season and, and your kind of career to date through uh, through U Sports with Queens and, and, uh, and specifically your time in Italy as well um, were kind of fascinating to me. I want to pick on that season in Italy. Uh, you spent 2019-20 with uh, Sturzing in the Alps HL. Uh, absolutely ran riot across that league. If uh, if the stats can out are correct, which they may not be known this website, but it's uh, you had 42 goals, 44 helpers for 86 points in 44 games. Um, but moreover, your head coach in Italy was uh, former Belfast giant Dustin White Cotton. Uh, could you tell me about that season? It sounds like you really just uh, you, you had a real hot streak there. How was it uh, working under Dustin and how was the that, that kind of team and that experience in Italy? Yeah, I mean, across the board, it was awesome. I mean, um, to, to be honest, coming out of U Sports, I mean, Dustin Dustin sent me a, a message kind of early on uh, that offseason. I hadn't I hadn't really figured out what I was doing, if I was going to be playing pro or or just find a job after my university career. But uh, Dustin got in touch with, with me, said he, he's a coach in Italy in the Alps Hockey League, and uh, I'd actually never even heard of that league. So <laughs> it was kind of funny. I did I did some good research and. Um, 
I mean, you guys, you guys know Dustin. He's a great guy, and yeah, and uh, anything, anything he promised me came true. Like he's an honest guy. So uh, I really, I really had a good, uh, like, good, good recruiting phase with him. And uh, once I was there, it's a, it's a pretty cool place to live in northern Italy in the Alps, and got to, got to experience some, some nice parts in, in Italy, like Venice and Milan, and got to go to Oktoberfest nearby in Germany. So beautiful uh, it's it's a great place to live and like the league the league wise under dustin uh i mean we had we had probably the hottest start in that team's history i think we started seven and oh and historically uh that team hadn't really done too well they're kind of a middle of the pack team so i thought i thought oh maybe we'll go 34 and oh this year and (laughs) (laughs) but we did we did hit a bit of a losing streak and um ended up ended up not actually making the playoffs that year but um you know I, th- I think it's a good program and I think Dustin's a great coach I know I know I think he was only in Belfast for one year is that right just the one yeah yeah just the one yeah. yeah but yeah I mean we we talked all the time about his pro career and stuff and he he always said that his time in Belfast was one if not of his favorite years in pro hockey so um Kind of that that might have been the spark that led me to come here was him him talking about how great of a, a spot Belfast is and yeah and that's that's reciprocated I mean uh, he's someone that may have only spent the year here but I think uh, he sort of captured the hearts of a lot of fans and, and a lot of the fans are very very fond of him and um, uh, just a, one more follow up I know we've got questions from uh, from fans on Twitter uh, and, and Patty sorry for hogging the mic but uh, your time in U Sports with Queens not not that one um, you you struck me whenever you signed for Belfast as as this kind of combination player you know you've got the youth and the energy because you're not long out of college but you also are coming in with quite a lot of maturity and experience and um, I don't know if if kind of many Giants fans know this, but the list of awards that you uh, sort of gathered during your time at Queen's, you were a two-year assistant captain. Um, I know you a East first all-star team for 17, 18, 18, and 19. Uh, second all-star team, 16, 17. OEA East Most Valuable Player, 18-19, All-Canadian Second Team, Top 8 Academic All-Canadians, and the nomination for the Randy Gregg Award for Outstanding Student Athlete. Um, so obviously the, the Friendship Four was uh, was announced this week after a hiatus last year, uh, and, and the, the focus is very much at the moment in the media around Belfast on, on college hockey and, and uh, those NCAA D1 players coming over here for Belfast. Uh, what was your experience like of being a collegiate athlete in new sports, and, and do you sort of, uh, would you be a supporter of that route for players in terms of kind of rounding you as a as a as a person and um, both academically and in sports did you enjoy your time there oh yeah I'd say I'd say some of the best years of my life there I mean it's it's pretty cool one of one of the my favorite parts about the the college hockey aspect is that you kind of I mean the odd guy transfers or leaves and and we actually had a lot of guys that would play on the team for their first year or first two years and realize that okay Hockey's not really for me. I think I'm going to focus 100% of my energy on school. But the the fun part about those guys is they still like to be kind of a part of the team. Like we still, the guys on the team still still had friendships with them and, and whatnot. So, I mean, being being on the same team and with the same guys for, for four years, no matter what, I mean, you get some really, really close friendships and it's it's just a great experience just even even away from the rink and i mean hockey hockey wise it's pretty 
it's pretty fun. I mean, I came, I came from junior teams that didn't really, didn't really have, I wouldn't say not like a winning culture, but we weren't winning teams. It was more rebuilding years when I played junior. So Mm -hmm. getting, getting a chance to win regularly for four years was, was huge for me. And then since my pro career started, I've, I've had two years of kind of not really feeling that winning experience. So that's kind of, why I'm excited to be back in Belfast. I mean, you can, you know, just even before the season starts that Belfast is always going to have a winning team. So that was, that was pretty exciting for me, but um, yeah, just, just to kind of answer your question definitively, I guess um, I would strongly recommend the college hockey route, whether it's, mm-hmm. whether it's the NCAA route, like the, the friendship for, or um sports like i got to play it was um i definitely grew more as a person hockey wise and just off the ice as a person um the most of my entire life in those four years brilliant the uh we're going to wrap it up with a few questions from twitter slater because we we always put it out to the the fans they ask you a few questions Uh, i'll start with um a good friend of ours rev chris revel uh, you asked a question along the kind of a couple of people have asked. It's basically just how are you finding the standard of elite league compared to where, where you played previously. That, that's actually a really good question because um, I, I came from Slovakia last year, which yeah, um, maybe, maybe not so much. I don't know why I had this idea, but I had the idea that uh, the elite league was kind of on par if not a step down from Slovakia but um I would say that's so far from the truth I think I think this league is it's faster the guys are bigger um guys play harder and the the overall skill is even higher in this league so I'd say I'd say I'm very impressed and I would say that the elite league is extremely underrated in Europe um, this is this is fast becoming the Stevie Thompson show. But Stevie Thompson asks, uh, how would you, uh, regards to you putting up the goals and assists on the board, maybe you don't have as many as you'd like so far, how would you rate your overall performance entail? Yeah, I would say I would say I've slightly underperformed this year. I mean, I feel I feel like I'm working pretty hard in in the games and in practice, and maybe the the offensive contributions not as as high as I'd like it to be. So, I mean. The, the number one goal at the end of the day is to win. So I think, I think that goal is a little bit, uh, we're underperforming in that sense too. I think we could have a few more wins on the board than we have, but uh, I'd also like to contribute a little bit more offensively. So uh, yeah, definitely, definitely think I could, could bring a little bit more to the table. Paddy, uh, what's if, I can, if I can Sorry, jump on? in there before, just on, yeah. on, on the numbers question there, because, because Stevie has brought it up. When you've got the likes of Conway, Pekinich, Boucher, Goody, Hookie, to an extent, when you've got those two lines really clicking, is it is it actually taking a little bit of pressure off the likes of you and, and Tyler and that that numbers aren't the be all and end all? It's about team teams winning at the minute. And yes, we dropped games last weekend, but we picked picked up with a little bit of momentum now, hopefully going into tomorrow and into the weekend. That actually the, those other guys carrying the load at the minute is actually allowing you to come in and integrate a wee bit more in the team and as the as the season now develops now is the time that you and the like of Tyler really has to hit the straps oh 100 percent. i mean 
if those guys are scoring and we're winning, I'm happy to to be getting it deep and and trying to run guys through the boards. I don't I don't really care how it's done. I just uh, yeah, those guys scoring does for sure take a, some pressure off me. If if we're if our team doesn't have a goal, I feel pressure to score. If if we're up four nothing and those guys have all four, I'm happy to to uh, to take a role and and just just get the job done. Uh, in Quinn, what's the biggest shock or surprise when moving to Northern Ireland? Uh, biggest shock. Well, hmm. I don't know. Like old, I it's always wet. <laughs> You're not going to offend us here. Don't worry. Well, no. <laughs> well, well, to be fair, I expected I expected the weather, but I was surprised. The, the first month I was here, it was beautiful and sunny and. And uh, that was that was a bit of a shocker, but uh, <laughs> it's actually nice here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Maybe maybe not Northern Ireland wise, but Belfast wise. Like I'm I'm surprised of how kind of it's it's obviously a, like a big city, but it's it's kind of smaller. Like you can get across town easily yeah. walking, right? So I think I think that's really a cool feature. Like it sucks it sucks when you're in a town and it's. Uh, 45 minute drive just to get it from one side to the other. Of course, if you are wanting to get from one side to the other, you use phone a cab. Um, yeah. Nice. <laughs> well played. Well played. Last, question, last question from Twitter comes from Jim Bell. What's your favorite ever golf course? Slater, oh. I know you're a very keen golfer, so uh, you've played yeah. some very nice courses. So given the choice, which one would you return to? Um, I haven't. I haven't played the the big guys in Northern Ireland yet, but uh, I've played a few in Scotland and I don't know. Have you guys heard of Cruden Bay? Where should I? Uh, it's called Cruden Bay. Troon? Yeah. No, no, no. Cruden Bay. Oh, Cruden Bay? No, no, no. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's like an hour north of Aberdeen. Wow. Oh, it's way up there. <laughs> yeah. Way up there. Yeah. <laughs> Near the North Pole. <laughs> yeah. Did you play inside a sleeping bag? Yeah. <laughs> Arctic no, it's, golf. It's, yeah, it's I don't know, it's a pretty cool course. It's a, a, a says not taking you around to take any money off of yet, no? <laughs> You're on it's mute, says. Oh he says how much of a stake is still from from what I'm being told, I think he's humming a life out of me. So what are you playing off, dogs? Uh I don't know. I shot. I shot eighty six at Clandy Boy a couple oh, months. I may ago, have a but... chance here. I'm your man. Get <laughs> your cash out. Listen, I just want to finish off. Um, and listen, thanks very much for coming on. It's it's yep. been great as you. And we have all the players on. We really appreciate your time. I know you've got a big party. I'll probably come back to the game tomorrow. Um, but I just want to just want to touch on your first day in Northern Ireland. Um, and <laughs> yeah. uh, and um, the guy that was giving you a hand with your stuff up the stairs. Um, what do you remember about that day? Yeah, well, I still owe you a beer. I'll, I'll, I'll start with that. <laughs> Slater, just the one you should have heard the complaining he was doing well, to us. It's more than a beer. <laughs> I, I, I nearly killed me every day that I'm here. Have you guys told the story on this podcast yet? I, nope. I think I, I did oh, tell it, didn't I? Oh, you did tell you did, you did. Yeah. But the, the funniest, I can't remember if I actually gave you the, the full story. We we When we got into the apartment block, you're the seventh floor, isn't it? Yeah. Tough. So we get into the block and we get into the lift 
And we did when when you go into the lift, Joe will probably know us from when he was, you know, first moving in. Yeah, you, you're given a, a room number, but you're actually not told what level it's on. No. So because it was a, a reasonably high number, I'm going right. Okay, well we'll we'll go to six. So we went to six, and when we get out of six and check the doors, like no, there must be another one up. And we get back in the lift again, it went down. No. And when we get down to the bottom, we ended up having to walk the whole way up to seven because the lift doors wouldn't close. That's, that's I'm not, four, I'm not 14 just, flights of stairs from the ground. Um, yeah, 14. and I'm here. And me, it, it genuinely nearly killed me. Yeah. And having <laughs> to walk up those stairs. I know you're laughing, dogs. Believe you me, you're <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is, that the, is, is, is that not, is that not the real reason you were in the Ulster? Oh, mate, I'm, honestly, it was a couple of weeks after I was taken in. That was a hard slog. Even and in, in furnace, you did say it was a hard slog as well. Yeah, yeah, it was. I, I haven't done seven flights of stairs with bags ever before, so that that'll get me. Big flights. Yeah. <laughs> it's no would, you do, uh, would you rather do that or be bag skated? It's up to you, mate. You know I mean? it's be- oh, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather do our skate test any any day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, listen, uh, we're going to let you go, but just before you do, you know, obviously, game Wednesday night, uh, tra- travel over to the, the Coventry. Um, you know, we need to get, we need to let you go and get to bed for that. But how are you set up for it? Yeah, I, I think I think we're ready. I mean, we have a lot of we have a lot of past players here that know how uh, how big the Challenge Cup is, and and I, I think all us new guys that haven't done the done the done the Challenge Cup uh, two game system are. We know we've we know what to expect and and we're all ready for the challenge. We we came here to win trophies and this is our this is our first real step to to getting a challenge cup trophy under our belt. Fantastic. Well, listen, as I said, five point weekend for yourself going by. Here's to here's to many more. Good luck. Good luck tomorrow night against Coventry and thanks for joining us, mate. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. It was fun. Cheers, Thanks, thanks again, to Slater Doggett. Great guy. Good to have him on. Um. What we're going to do now, just uh, we're going to go back. Sis went to training and he had a chat with uh, Jeff Mason, Scott Conway, and uh, Tyler Besker Owani. All right, big man. Good video. I'm all right. Um, I just want, did you break a sweat last time we got here? A little bit. Two times was pretty tough. So, uh, <laughs> bit of a sweater on that. Like going into five, you know, it's, and, and it's, it's difficult to keep warm in there at the best of times. But uh, it's about mentally, you've got to stay in the game and, and make sure you're uh, staying focused at all times. It must be difficult when, that, when it is that cold. Yeah, it's definitely not easy. Uh, those are those are some tough games to stay in. Uh, a little adversity, but, uh, you know, we did our job, went in, got the two points. And like Keeper likes to say, uh, the standings don't really care about what, what any team's got to go through. Game's a game, and uh, two points is two points. Glasgow on Sunday, um, another game, the first game they played there this year. It's usually a tough place to go into, but uh, coming up with another two points was positive. Yeah, we were relentless all game. Uh, we didn't really give them a sniff and, and a chance to get anything going. And, uh, you know, we, we, we played the right way. And uh, I think the boys are trying to find their game a little more now. And, um, you know, it's it's paying off for the guys with the hard work. Coventry tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Yeah, looking forward to it. Again, another cold ring, so uh, might have to have to buy Keeper some uh, toe warmers for that. <laughs> Cheers, let's go. Uh, yeah. Boss, um, really good weekend from the boys. Um, 
two tough places to go into. Uh, first time you played in, in Glasgow this year, but uh, you must have been pleased with the way the result turned out. Yeah, I don't think we gave them too much. Um, we shut them down defensively, and when they have the puck once the game, it's pretty easy to get the victory we needed. You had a, again, it's a little bit switching lines, but Judy. Hi, Sam. Hey, how's it going? Uh, <laughs> switching the lines around a bit due to injuries. Um, had a hooky play on your line and uh, coming up positive with uh, the first goal in, in Glasgow on Sunday. Yeah, he's a workhorse. He, he gets the puck in the game too. He, uh, and he's a good distributor too. So I think he knows his role pretty well and he does a very good job at it. This week you've got Coventry away tomorrow. Um, it's probably a little bit different than what you're used to. Uh, good score line, so you've got a two games that get the the, uh, the scores together. Looking forward to the challenge. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, anytime you're playing for a cup, it's a it's a good thing. So um, we're ex- we're excited. Come on, cheers, Gons. Thank you. Mace, uh, you asked for a reaction after uh, the Cardiff and uh, Dundee weekend. Um, I think it's pretty evident that uh, you got that reaction to again. Yeah, certainly hard to uh, ask for more from the guys than what uh, what they brought this weekend. Certainly a clinical performance uh, offensively and defensively, you know, all the way up and down the lineup. The fifth game, uh, you know, went in there on Saturday night, apparently the rink was very cold. Um, the, uh, um, yeah, the, they've been playing well. There's a couple of positive results the previous weekend. Uh, we've had a lot of success about them this season, and uh, you just carry that forward. Yeah, certainly. I think that uh, one the fight ice arena is always cold. Just you know, not fast, but, um, but uh, I think the guys did a really good job of, of sticking to the game plan, and, and that can be if you don't get off to a good start in that rink, and you let the fans get into it, and you let them start feeling it and kind of skating around, it can be a hard rink to, to play and come back in. So uh, I think we did a good job starting the game well, and then just continuing on from there. And then in the Glasgow. Um, on Sunday, um, again they've started to play. Was it Sunday or Saturday? Sunday. Sunday. Um, the Premier Premier Sports Norm's game. Just dancing behind you. I wouldn't be like her. Don't worry, we're getting more in a wee minute. Um, the yeah. Hello. You're not shining, are um, And uh, so the Sunday game against the uh, Glasgow clan. Again, another team who have started to play well. They've, they ended up playing four games in a week. I heard that comment maybe fifteen or twenty times during a an interview, um, but again, you've still got to put a big what's in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know a, a lot of their lack of success was was what we dictated to them and did to them. Uh, you know, we didn't give up many shots in the house. We were really good offensively. We were getting pucks in that. We were getting traffic to the net. We were creating a lot. We were shutting them down early and not letting them get a lot of offensive zone time and start to feel the puck. So, uh, it, you know, I think it was overall it was a really good performance. Uh, you know, like I said, from everyone this weekend, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll carry into tomorrow. And with tomorrow, Coventry away, first game of the uh, first quarter final. Sorry, uh, again, a, a tough place to go into. Um, but uh, boys feel okay and looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, for a lot of guys, it's a new experience for them, the, uh, the, the aggregate, uh, you know, for the final series. So, uh, you know, getting them to understand the significance of it and how important each and every goal is. And, uh, you know, obviously getting off to a good start in that building is really important. Um, so that's what we need really to do. Cheers, man. Thanks to the guys for that. Um, gentlemen, we're going to move it on to the Player of the Month competition sponsored by our good friends at Phonacab. We asked you for your nominations as to who you think should win this award for the month of November and the four players that we've come up with for the vote are drum roll please number seven Mark Garside Davies happy with that one. <laughs> yes. number eight Ben, sorry, ben Lewis Hook 
Number nine. Oh, please be Scott Conway. Ben Lake. It should be seven. <laughs> You'd think it would be, but it's not oh, eight, nine. <laughs> so close. Kieran. Seven, eight, nine, ten longers. Six. More than deserving of being in there. Go on, Davey. I think I know who you're, who you're going to choose in this one. You are absolutely right. Number 89, Kieran Long. He's had an absolutely great <laughs> month. Yeah. Oh, that's, I'm, I'm surprised. I, I, I could, I, as, as is the case uh, on every single month, you could make a strong case for all four players. I think that um, Ben Lake coming back from that horrible injury that he took early in the season has been physical when the natural instinct would be to protect yourself after you've had a horrible injury like that. So credit to him for stepping in the head, stepping, playing the physical game. Because Mark Garcia would talk about all the time that head man pass he makes, just that release pass, he takes a hit to make a play and just gets the puck on the next player, does his job. Longer has went at 30 hours. He's played D, he's played forward, he's done a little bit of everything, and he's got goals. So I'm going for Kieran Long this month. Simon? Um, For me, I'm going to go, again, Davey's just mentioned, you can make a case for all four. And to be honest, there's probably one or two that I'm surprised aren't in it. Um, But this month, I'm going to go for Lewis Hook. Um, another right. game winner on um, the weekend past, even though it wasn't November. I'll give you that. Uh, but a couple of game winners in November from memory. Um, again, up and down the lineup. And, and one of the things where he's, he's going from minutes in the region of probably seven or eight minutes a game. Well, sorry, a wee bit more. Probably 11 minutes a game to the weekend there just past. I think he probably got about 17 or 18. So, I mean, those, those you might not think about those six and seven minutes when you're not used to playing them. Um, can be a big, big thing. So, Hooky for me has is, is really stepped up this year. I think he's, you know, he, 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 I think he's expecting a lot more of himself, um, which, you know, can make it a, a bit better for the coach because he wants to be involved at the end of the season with Team GB again. Um, and that, that experience that he had going to the World Championships last year, I think has held him in good stead. And I think he's worked, he's worked hard over the summer. Um, and I think he's brought himself in, in really good shape. Um, and I know he's, you know, he, he, he picked up a couple of niggles, but he just wants to play. So for me, this month, Lewis Hook, Belfast Giants official supporters club sponsored Lewis Hook. Well done, Joe. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Sizzle on this one. Uh, I think I think Hooky from the four. Um, I, I was nearly tempted to, you know, the way, way like uh, actors accept awards on behalf of other actors. I was going to take Gary just on behalf of Davy there because it doesn't feel right. Um, but I, I'm going to take Lewis Hook for for the reasons that Sizz mentioned. Um, Hooky, his development over the past couple of seasons in Belfast has been a, a joy to watch. Uh, I think he's come back to us uh, an even better player than than before. Um, you know, I think he was noticeable for his feet in that season pre-pandemic. He's now starting to tie it all together, and and he's uh, he's benefiting from those extra minutes from from Kiefer especially. Well, certainly at the weekend anyway, um, and starting to to do an awful lot more on offense. We we saw the potential and saw it grow, and it's fantastic to see that begin to get realized. There's so much ahead for Lewis Hook. He's still surprisingly like just so young, so much so much time in his career left. Um, so I'll I'll take Hookie this month. Uh, my turn, uh, I guess. Um... You know what? It's so difficult on those writing this out as well. I'm going to go for Ben Lake. Uh, I think that watching watching the games back at the weekend as well, every time Laker had the puck, worked so hard to create. You no, know, maybe not getting as many points as he as he deserves at the minute, but when it comes to especially in the four checks, some of the work that he's doing behind you know, on the ice, I say behind the scenes, but you're know, not trying to get create, trying to you know put pressure in the uh, in the in the um, ozone. Fantastic! I think he's had a fantastic month. 
Um, I know that like those last weekend games don't count, but last weekend's game showed exactly what sort of player he is. I, I'm going to go for uh, I'm going to go for Ben Lake. Um, but yeah, Mark Garside, Lewis Hook, Ben Lake, and Kieran Long are your four nominees for November's Player of the Month. Voting will open at 9 a.m. on Wednesday and continue to 5 p.m. on Friday. And uh, we'll try to get the award presented this time if we can uh, this weekend. And a big thanks to Phonacab for sponsoring the award. Time for a bit of news, Joel. Yeah, so let's run through the results, boys, if you don't mind. Um, at the weekend, the Nottingham Panthers left Brayhead with a 4-1 win over the Glasgow clan in Friday night's only game, and that was the first of a 3-3 three and three for both sides as the Panthers took to the road in Scotland. On Saturday, the, the Storm... Play three games in a row? It, it, it may not have come up over the course of the weekend, but they actually Shocked. did play. I'm four, four in the past week, believe it or not. Um, so on Saturday, the Manchester Storm defeated the Guildford Flames 4-3 at home in their only game of the weekend. Elsewhere, Dundee Stars reversed Nottingham's Friday night victory, beating them 4-1 at the DIA on a night which marked Matthew Myers' 1,000th EIHL game. More on that shortly. Uh, the Blaze finished their weekend 7th in the standings with 11 points from 11 games on Saturday night after they were beaten 5-2 at home by the Glasgow clan before that big long bus ride. And in Cardiff, the league-leading Sheffield Steelers got their weekend, weekend excuse me, off to a hot start with a 5-3 win over the Cardiff Devils. Uh, Sheffield had a 2-0 lead heading into an absolutely mental six-goal third period. Um, and in five, Tyler Beskarani shut the door as your Belfast Giants downed the Flyers by three goals, 2-0. On Sunday, the Steelers completed a four-point weekend back at home, de- defeating the Dundee Stars by 3-1. Uh, Sheffield now sit top with 22 points from 14 games and remain the EIHL's form team. In Glasgow, your Belfast Giants made 2,569 clan fans wish they just stayed at home for the night with a 6-0 hammering of Glasgow and Tyler Beskarani sealed back-to-back shutouts and a great Debbie Majemsey stat for the first time since, was it 2012? The last one to do it was Stephen Murphy. Yep. Um, got that on, on Sunday evening. Uh, good stat. Uh, Guilford bounced back with a 2-1 win over Cardiff, sealing a zero-point weekend for our friends in Wales. David Majemsey? First ever shutout against the Glasgow or Brayhead clan. Just throw that into Ever? Ever. Fair play. Fair play. Um, Good and the Nottingham, the Nottingham Panthers took four points from a possible six on their own Scotland with a 4-2 victory over the Fife Flyers. Uh, Patrick, your news. Uh, we might as well start with the big announcement from Belfast this week that the Friendship Four returns to Belfast on Friday the 25th and Saturday the 26th of November 22. Uh, 2022, sorry, bringing four top US college hockey teams together to compete for the coveted Bellpot Trophy over the Thanksgiving weekend. So this year, we've got the UMass Lowell Riverhawks, winners of the first ever Friendship Four. Uh, They're going to arrive in Belfast alongside the Quinnipiac Bobcats, UMass, who last played here in 2016, and Dartmouth Big Green making their debut on Belfast ice. Um, The announcement was made actually across the water uh, during during Friday night's game between the UMass Lowell Riverhawks and UMass and the event was uh, attended by representatives of the Odyssey Trust. Uh, you may have seen Mr. Fitzpatrick on Nesson uh, with a fantastic interview, um, a channel that I watch a lot during the summer whenever baseball's on. Uh, and Robert Fitzpatrick said, the Odyssey Trust is proud to continue this legacy of international collaboration that provides a unique opportunity to sport to educate young people and create a spirit of mutual understanding and the spirit of friendship, solidarity, and fair play. Boys, this is a, this is a good news story for the Belfast Giants. It's a good news story for the Odyssey Trust, for Belfast. Um, so much good goes on even away from the rink and that's before you factor the fact that that we get NCAA competitive hockey across the Atlantic Ocean. Love it. Love it. 
love it. It's, uh, <laughs> it's it is such a good tournament. There's not just the action of the ice, which is top top level stuff. And you know, I think the statistic, thanks to Brian Watersworth, is thirty two players have played in the Friendship Four and went on to play in the NHL. But so not only is that just, but the whole atmosphere, the whole the whole atmosphere around the rink over those two days is just phenomenal. I just absolutely love the tournament. Like going right back to that first one where I'm, you know, and I'm really looking forward to. Uh, to David McCallum, trying not to say UMass loyal, which he uh, <laughs> trying to get him to say a few times, but I love it, David. Add, add in, Paddy, you're talking Bram Water stats there about NCAA players go up that played in friendship for and went on the NHL. Factor in the little payback the NCAA players that have ended up in our town. I'm not that. sure what the stat would be about friendship tour players that have ended up in the elite league as a whole that have mm. played in the friendship for. It's maybe somebody can do that, get one of the stat boys on that. Um, but get the, just to get see where from whether... get, get the guard from Nottingham to do it. She likes a wee stat. Can't remember her name. I'm not sure about <laughs> that at all. But let's move on. But sorry, is that... so, no, says you've had no, says you've had the opportunity as well to, to do a bit of calling in North American TV with his friendship for it's a brilliant tournament. No big deal, man. You know. <laughs> no, I think it's a pleasure. I mean, the Murph. Uh, I think I've done, I've done four now, um, and uh, I mean, thank God I didn't tell you many people you're actually putting the broadcast out to uh, before the first <laughs> one because you know, it was it's like it's a ridiculous amount of people. Um, and then when you get, it's funny. The first year I did it, um, I got a phone call. Sorry, I got a, um, a messenger message from one of the guys that I used to play with back for Soul. Uh, sorry, for Dumfries, who was watching it at home in Toronto. Um, and I come on TSN, and he says, "I'm in kitchens on my bloody screen in the in the in the living room." Um, and he sent me a photograph of it. So like, we're very very lucky to be in that position to bring these teams over here. And you know, Robert and, and the guys at the Odyssey Trust have pulled it out of the hat again. And and there's more news coming. You know, it, it's it's amazing what um, what the what the you know the support we've had from the NCAA, from Hockey East, um, from ECAC, and the others. There's other. Um, uh, leagues and associations who really want to get involved as well. So there's there's more positive news down the line with regards to um, international hockey coming to Northern Ireland, and uh, it's definitely worth um, keeping your eyes open for. But if 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 you're listening to this podcast, um, then you know obviously that it's the best in the UK. Um, but if you take a bit of advice from this podcast tonight, if you get the chance to come and watch. The NCAA Standard Hockey yeah. next November in Belfast over Thanksgiving weekend. Get your flights booked as soon as possible or get your ferry booked with Staniline. You will not be disappointed. It is the best hockey that you'll see in the UK. Um, and look, we all love the IHL, but this is the next step, uh, if not another step on top of that. So if you get the chance, get your flights booked, get your hotel booked, and get yourself to Belfast for Thanksgiving weekend. You I'm- will not be disappointed. I'm just pleased to see Steve Hagwell's getting a little trip to Belfast. Man loves it over there. He loves it. It's just, I was just looking at it the other day. Steve Hagwell, obviously, he'll be back. Joe Britannia has has stepped aside as the commissioner and uh, been replaced. I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head now. Um, reading a brilliant article about the handover of power between them because Joe Britannia wasn't particularly looking to move on. I think he was not re-signed. Um, but the, the new guy came in and it was his best friend. So the handover was really pretty seamless. And it's 
it's a great article. I'll see if I can find. It. I'm not going to post it, coach, but um, I'll uh, I'll share it with you guys. <laughs> Certainly not the last time we talk about the Friendship Four. Um, and I look forward to hopefully doing a, a wee bit with the boys uh, during that weekend. Uh, Paddy, there's no dops this week for a second week running. Sorry to disappoint. Um, so two two new stories to pick up on. Mentioned it earlier. Um, at 37 years old, Matthew Myers has joined the EIHL 1000 club as his Nottingham Panthers fell to defeat in uh, Dundee on Saturday night. A feat only achieved by one <laughs> other player. Anybody? Um, Jonathan Phillips. Jonathan Phillips. That's it, Johnny Phillips, Sheffield Steelers captain Jonathan Phillips. Um, Myers has split his 1,000 EIHL games between the Cardiff Devils and the Nottingham Panthers, and he also iced for the Sheffield Steelers in the 2020 streaming series during lockdown. In that time, he's hoisted six playoffs, seven Challenge Cups, three league titles, um, and I thought this was quite a nice touch from Passion. The boys, the Dundee Stars, marked the achievement by presenting Myers with an engraved whiskey quick, which was a nice touch, I think, uh, just to, to kind of mark the, the occasion. I know that uh, we're not historically big fans of Oppo players here, um, but to have a, a career that runs that long and to reach a thousand games is, is quite an achievement, surely. Oh, silence. Anybody? Anybody going to say something? It like? is, it is, of course it is. <laughs> yeah, I've put my thoughts in the uh, chat bar. <laughs> yeah, David, David yes, says. Uh, we, we, we all have our memory of a certain incident involving Matthew Myers that we will we will just reserve our judgment on, but the, um, it is a good achievement. It's just, um, it's a, well, it's a real shame that he's, you know, it's really shame that he's had really no career ambition that he stayed with like Cardiff and Nottingham. And, you know, just, as a player playing a thousand games, um, for <laughs> any organizations or any league, it, it's gotta be commended. You know, he, he's looked after himself, obviously. Um, and it's uh, I was speaking to Toff about it the other day. He's he's a good mate with uh, Mars, so it's 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 a phenomenal achievement, and, and it doesn't look like he's done yet. You know, he still think he's probably got another year or two in him. Um, obviously, we've had Paddy's just mentioned it, and Davy um, sort of mentioned it in our group chat here. Um, you know, he, he's certainly not thought highly of in Belfast, um, but I think if you had I got the opportunity to sign Matthew Mars in his prime, you'd have bit somebody's arm off for it. Um, however, uh, again, congratulations on a thousand games. Um, but uh, hopefully, when he gets to a thousand and three, he's going to get another loss on his chat, which is uh, this weekend. And the um, unbelievable face off guy, absolutely yeah. sensational. Um, he has, uh, and he used the term very, very loosely, cheek. He in the face in terms of face off. He's very good at making that first move or making a slight move before he's supposed to and getting away with it. And that's that's craft of the that's yes. a, a, he's an artist in the uh, face off circle. And as Simon says, I know I've, I've got my axe to grind with Matthew Mars about the, the Todd Kelman decapitation incident, but thousand games is an incredible statistic and absolute congratulations to him. Some may say that Todd Kelman signing Matthew Mars for Cardiff should be the end of the matter. We say differently. <laughs> uh, I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to read Davy's message. It says, congrats, Matthew. Can I have your shirt? Uh, he didn't want that right <laughs> out. But I it think it's definitely doesn't say that. <laughs> uh, just a, 
one more thing to pick up on, uh, and we'll close it up, boys. Uh, Sheffield Steelers, plagued by by injuries, uh, continue to be down on bodies. Uh, Coach Aaron Fox said this week that former giant Brendan Connolly was, quote, 95% likely to miss the entire EIHL season uh, with surgery required following an MRI result on the knee he injured in the Continental Cup against Alborg. Um, Saru Danielson is also going to miss eight weeks of action, adding to an inactive list featuring our good friend Barry Brust, Justin Hodgman, and currently suspended Anthony DeLuca. Um, the Steelers were on the cusp of bringing in Lucas Sandstrom, you may have seen this week, um, mm-hmm. bringing him back to Sheffield, but that deal fell through yesterday due to personal reasons. Uh, they did, however, manage to secure the services of 36-year-old Wojtek Polak, who, was, who has KHL experience and a handful of games in the NHL. Uh, there is no Premier Sports Game of the Week. Uh, the next scheduled live TV fixture is Nottingham's visit to Dundee on the 22nd of December as Aaron Murphy gets to work on his Christmas shopping. And that's your news, Patrick Smith. Thank you very much, Mr. O'Neill. Um, right, we're going to move it along here. We're going to look quickly ahead <laughs> to the games. We've mentioned it a couple of times. We obviously play the Coventry Blaze excuse me, in the first leg of the uh, quarterfinal of the Challenge Cup on Wednesday night. That is at 7.30pm at the Coventry Sky Dome. Uh, and you can get that on Blaze TV. I had the opportunity earlier today to have a chat with the head coach, Danny Stewart, and I asked him, with him lying in seventh and in the quarterfinal of the Challenge Cup, is this where he expected his team to be at the halfway point of the season? Uh, I think at times we've we've deserved better. Um, we had a bit of a, a rough start, a, a quick start. You know, we... we we got in on the Monday and we had a, a preseason game on the Wednesday and then we had two cup games on the, on the first weekend and yeah. uh, it was a, it was a tough weekend for the group. I, I don't think we were, we were certainly weren't ready. And um, I think throwing the game in on the Wednesday, I think there was some dead legs there and um, after a long layoff for a lot of guys, but uh, I think each week we've got, we, you know, for the next few weeks there, we, we got better. Um, in terms of our performances, I don't think the results were always there, but you know, early on we had some, some big wins. We went into Nottingham and had a win and went into Sheffield and won. And, um, you know, towards the end of the cup, the, the group stages of the cup, you know, we went into Cardiff with, I think we had 13 skaters, got a guy kicked out, went down to 12 skaters and found a way to win that hockey game and came back the next night with, with 13 skaters and, and, and beat Dundee at home five one. So in terms of the performances, I think we've, you know, the guys have, have given us, you know, as much as they could. Um, uh, results, you know, in an ideal world, I'm sure every coach would say it, maybe except for Sheffield right now, that they would like to, a few more results. But um, it's it's been a t- up and down. I'd say probably the best way to describe it, you know, we, we have faced some adversity in terms of suspensions and, yeah. and injuries and, you know, the plant failure, which, you know, seen us, I think we've had five one-game weekends already. Um, you know, and it, it kind of disrupts, you know, you hear coaches talk a lot about momentum uh, within games, but also game to game. And, you know, we had a couple week uh, games there, I think in Manchester and in Fife where, um, you know, we, we had good starts. We were up to one, you know, midway through the second periods and our discipline got the best of us and we let those games get away from us. So, um, you know, obviously, you know, still, still learning about each other and maybe, maybe trying to find our identity as a group as well. Um, but you know, all in all up and down, but you know, there's, there's been some good points and, and obviously some, some parts where we need to get better. Interesting. I want to come on to some of the players that you've brought back in and, but you mentioned there in regards to, you know, 
coming down and, and the number of players you have on the bench this year. Obviously, there's a there's a limited roster or limited bench size. Do you, how's how's that affecting you in regards to you know, recruitment? Do you think it's a good thing, or do you think it's something that the league need to look at? I I don't I don't think it's a good thing. Um, the roster size is nineteen twenty. I mean, um, I think if if you could keep it at twenty and you know allow teams to ice four lines, I think it's beneficial for those that can. I don't think it's affected us too, too much, you know, with, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a guy that likes to talk about budgets and stuff like that and play the, the victim role, but you know, with, with a lower budget, you, you know, you start getting a 20 rosters of 20 and you want, if you do want to roll four lines that are capable of playing rather than just sitting on the bench, you know, it does eat up and takes away maybe a bit of your quality and on your, maybe your top two lines or your top pairing and so forth. So um, I don't think it affected us as much in the sense that, you know, night in, night out, we're generally going 10, 11 forwards anyway. Um, But certainly having that extra body, um, you know, when injuries happen and suspensions and stuff, you know, would, that's the time where I feel that it's important. So for me, you know, going back to the roster at 20 would, would be ideal, I think. The roster you've got at the minute, obviously you've brought, you know, you've got a whole lot of new names in there, but I'd like to focus on maybe one or two of the ones you've brought back. You know, I'm never going to look for Ari. He's had, you know, he had a bit of a season going through Europe last year, trying to get a bit of ice time. He's back with you playing really well. But CJ Mott, an outstanding goalkeeper who proved himself last time he was here. And uh, was he one of the the ones you went straight after when it, when it came to putting this new roster together? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, we... Uh... We've seen the benefits in the in the last season of having him back there, and uh, you know he's you know every team wants a guy that can give you a chance every night, and essentially that's what you need back there, and um, not just give you a chance, but you know when when maybe your team the the team's not at their best, you know you need a guy to steal you a game or two every once in a while, and um, make those big saves at big moments, and you know to protect leads or you know keep you close when you, when you're not at your best. So I mean, there's so many things, and it just breeds confidence throughout the guys and in front of them. And um, like I said, you know he he was definitely our probably our main target. And uh, you know I think when when COVID happened and he got some time in the American League, we 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 certainly felt that it was going to be a tough tough ask to to get him back, but you know we we managed to to uh, find a way. It's interesting because goal, goalkeeping in this league so far this season has been pretty much outstanding. You look at some of the guys who've come in, you know, Tyler Beskarani still with us. You look at Morrison at Dundee, Starrett at the clan, but CJ Mott seems to be one of the, another one of those players who has found his niche in the elite league and, and is doing well. Yeah, I, I think it's a major strength of our league. I think, um, and the goaltending this, you know, you're adding guys like Starrett and Carruth and, you know, Owen and Fife. I mean, you know, we had Owen in, in, in the miniseries. And yeah. um, I, I just think from top to bottom, every, you know, Linskog and Guilford and, you know, Ginn when he's healthy. I mean, I could go through everybody. And every team's got a goalie that can steal a game. And I think that's why you're seeing the league as close it is, as it is. You know, you go from 10 to 2 right now and it's it's tight. It's 10 points difference. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, the, the, having those, that quality goalie, I think, keeps things close. Like I said, when, when teams aren't at their best and, and obviously gives teams the ability to steal a game as well. So um, I, I think it's great for the league and, um, you know, it, it's going to make the league a lot, a lot more competitive for sure. 
Uh, you mentioned it earlier on, the, the, the issue with the ice plant that meant that a few games were postponed. That's obviously going to congest your season a little bit when we come to those games later on. How frustrating was that when it took place? Yeah, it was it was frustrating, but you know what, th- things in life happen, and and you just got to find ways to to deal with it. And obviously, in a perfect world, it wasn't ideal. We were going over to Sully Hall for a couple weeks and training, and um, you know, so you know, credit to them for allowing us to do that. But at the same time, it's slightly smaller than even our pad, and you know, there's no glass; it's all netting around. So you know, when you're working on things, it it gets disrupted a little bit. But um, we found a way through it. We had some ups and downs and, you know, that was during a time. And I think the biggest thing for me was also the, the canceled games. And um, they came on weekends where we, we went into Fife and Manchester and, and we lost games and you just, you don't have that ability to bounce back the next night. You got to wait another week. And um, I think we, I want to say we've had five one game weekends already and mm-hmm. um, just disrupts you. And, 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 you know, everyone loves a one game weekend every once in a while. And especially when, when the season gets heavy, but too many at the start and we know that that's going to backlog our games and I think after this weekend you know Glasgow obviously had the late start obviously minus the up games but I think we're we're only two games ahead of Glasgow now so we'll probably have as just as busy as of a second half as they will and just lastly I'd like to ask just obviously we've got the game on Wednesday night here the first leg of the quarterfinal Belfast coming into your barn for that game uh, how are you expecting that game to go uh, it's it's definitely going to be a battle. I mean, we, uh, you know, we we definitely, I, I think our last game against Glasgow was the first time that I seen this group kind of come out of the gates very slow. Um, we didn't have a, we didn't have a good game. We weren't, we weren't at our best. We were a bit sloppy, disjointed. Um, so, you know, I know, I know these guys are going to want to come back and, and, and make that right. And um, Belfast is a, as an excellent hockey club, you know, we've been scouting them for the last few days and, um, they're deep. I think, I think skill wise and, and, uh, offensively, I think they probably got as much as anybody in the league. And then obviously you throw in their, their depth at the back end and, and Beskarwani. And I, I think they're, they're, you know, they're, you know, a top two team in, in this league. So we're definitely going to have to be at our best, but we've, we've proven we've, we've had the tendency to, to play with the so-called big clubs and, um, and, and we've done well against them. You know, we've had, every game against Cardiff has been a, a tight game. You know, when Belfast came here, I think it was three, three, and they got one in the late one in the third. And um, so we're playing good hockey and we just, again, we, I think it's, it's a matter of us just being at our best and looking to outwork them and, and limiting our, our mistakes. We've uh, I think when we've, we've had trouble um, in games is when we, we make the big mistakes where we, we've got to find a way to bend a little bit better than, than breaking. So, um, you know, I think, I think it's going to be a good game. You know, I, you know, obviously it's a, it's a, it's another um, chance to progress um, towards a trophy. And um, you know, it's uh, it's tough to explain to the new guys. You got a playoff game in, in December, but uh, you know, the guys coming over for the first time, but that's certainly what it, what it is. Fantastic. Well, listen, mate, thanks for your time. And uh, I'd say good luck tomorrow night, but I don't actually mean it. So <laughs> no problem. Appreciate your time. Cheers. Okay, Patrick, take care. Thank you. <laughs> there's a big brown bear if anybody on YouTube is wondering why there's a big brown bear just in the picture there well, maybe we'll explain to you one day thanks to Danny Stewart it's nothing to do that brown bear's got nothing to do with Danny Stewart and everything to do with the, uh, the uh, I thought it was we were talking about the brains <laughs> the uh, big thanks to Danny Stewart for his time that game against Coventry is Wednesday night at 7.30pm at the Sky Dome and you can follow it on Blaze TV 
the Belfast Town said return home for two games this weekend. Saturday, 7 p.m. against the Five Flyers. And Sunday at 4 p.m. is the first visit of the Nottingham Panthers to Belfast, both at the SSE Arena. And you'll catch both of those games on Giants TV. Gentlemen, I'm going to move it on because we are well over the hour and a half now. So I'm going to go on to AOB and a very special one at that. Uh, Simon had a chance earlier on today to chat. We've got a bit of a charity drive this weekend at the SSE Arena. And Simon had the chance to chat with one of, I'd say, one of our favourite people here on A View from the Bridge, but one of the a very favourite person right across the uh, the SSE arena, and that's the wonderful Laura Small. So Tuesday morning at practice, um, normally I get to have a chat with the players and the coaches, um, but today it's a it's a it's a bit of a privilege to chat to this person because <laughs> she's one of the hardest working people in the organisation, oh, and um, uh, and you don't get the credit you deserve, in my opinion. Hi, oh, anyway. Laura Small, um, you have a busy week ahead of you um, and a couple of different events happening this weekend. And there's your phone ringing already. So we'll just continue on with the interview if you want to speak to your mate. Um, you've, you've, it's, um, you know, you, you've a busy weekend ahead of us, um, starting with uh, something that you promoted yesterday uh, that's put out on the Jazz socials. But first of all, I want you to talk me through your finger wagon. How long did it take you to perfect that? Have we met? I've been finger wagging at people for years. <laughs> um, so the Teddy Toss on Saturday against the Five Flyers. Um, and uh, talk us through exactly what way people should um, come in with their teddies. Um, it's all new ones. That we don't want, it's not that we don't want old ones, but we, we, yeah, okay. we, okay. but we have to have new ones. So, yes, absolutely. Um, if you can't afford it, totally understand if you can't. If you can pick up any value of brand new teddy, bring it to the game, preferably in a bag, but if you don't have one, we'll give you a bag when you arrive. Then when the Giants score, throw it on the ice, and then they will be distributed between the Royal Hospital, the Ulster Hospital, the Children's Hospice, and a couple of other hospitals and a couple of other charities, particularly Kill uh, FM Cash for Kids Christmas Mission. Um, that's why we ask that they are brand new. They're going to a sterile environment, especially in these times of COVID. Um, it's important that they're super clean and brand new. And obviously, like, be realistic. Would you like to receive a gift that was 10 years old, 20 years old? Because one year we got a toy that was 2002. It was like date marked in the paw and it was 2018. I mean, I know like, it's not ideal. Thank you, but no thank you. <laughs> yes, correct. So, and then um, on top of that, uh, again at the weekend, uh, it's the same day, isn't it? It's on Saturday as well. Sure is. Um, and you can tell us a wee bit about that. Okay, on Saturday, we're also going to be promoting uh, Tell a Love Monday. So it's basically organ donation discussion day. So it's about the importance of telling your loved ones, I want to be a donor. Yes, you can sign up for the register, and absolutely that's vitally important. But it's also important to have that conversation and let your loved ones know so that if something happens to you suddenly, that they don't have to worry about making that decision, that they know that that's what you wanted. By having that conversation and making that decision to be an organ donor, you can potentially save up to nine people, which is unbelievable. Because realistically, you don't need those organs anymore. Lots of people, when we talk about this, they say, oh, I don't want want my eyes to be given. And to be honest, I used to feel like that too. And then Nicole Hollywood, one of our great fans, she had to get a cornea transplant and without that I mean she potentially be blind so maybe your eyes too if they're any good like my dad's would be no good he's blind as a bat me too but on the whole if you can leave your eyes <laughs> leave your eyes but so we're, we're going to be working in conjunction on that with um, 
a child called Dahi. Dahi was born with a condition um, almost, well, yeah, just over five years ago, hypoplastic left heart syndrome. And he's been waiting on a heart now for five years, basically since birth. So his family are, they're really incredible at raising awareness of organ donation and promoting it. And they're not just fighting for Dahi, they're fighting for everybody in, in the world, basically, but especially in Northern Ireland who needs um, a donor, uh, an organ even, not a donor, sorry. Yes, so we have that happening. They're going to be interviewed in the Warrior Zone during the first intermission. And then there will be a sign-up table by the Warrior Zone where Dahi's family will be there encouraging people to sign up. You'll also be able to sign up to be a blood donor. Giving blood is also vitally important. Only around 6% of people in Northern Ireland donate blood. And we need about 180 pints every week. Um, We need 180 new donors, sorry, every week. Blood is so important. It's used in so many different things in like car accidents, trauma surgery, cancer patients. We have someone like Tom Simpson who received over 300 uh, blood donations in his life before he got his two bone marrow uh, transplants again through organ donation. So Tom's a real good example of the importance of blood and the importance of being an organ donor. What a lecture. What a, what a lecture. <laughs> Four, four and a half minutes, the longest that I've done in about two years. Um, uh, but again, this is this Saturday, Saturday the 11th of, of December, uh, against the Five Flyers at the SSC Arena. Come along, sign up, be a donor, save a life. What more do you need to say? Thank you very much, Dolores Small, for, for that interview. She's, she's great. She does such great work. She does behind the scenes, setting these things up, making sure that the, the drive's going on, the teddy toss and all that sort of stuff. But she's got a heart of gold, that girl. Uh, she's all right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm lucky enough now. I get to work with her every day. So it's, I mean, it's a, it's a crack a minute. Like she's, she's just wagged. But the thing about it is, Patty, you just mentioned, she never stops. She's, you know, yeah. the amount of things that she does for everybody else and see if you even try and give her a pat in the back and go, Laura, that was brilliant. She just doesn't like it. She doesn't like that. She doesn't like everybody making a big deal about it. But she's always thinking about everybody else. I mean, even, like I was in a hospital, as you know, a few weeks ago. Um, she phoned Jasmine every day. She was on FaceTime with her every day, making sure everything's okay. Um, and then she was giving me a bollocking for going to work, you know, five or six days later. Um, calling the games, what are you doing here? You should be home sitting in bed. And I know she's just the thing and looking out for me, but it's just she does it for everybody. I mean, everybody that you meet and what she puts, the effort that she puts in previously as a volunteer, but obviously now um, working for the organization, which is, to be honest, is you know, long, long, long overdue. Um, and she's now involved there doing uh, business development side of things as well as building the relationships with the sponsors and what have you. And she's brilliant at that too. She just gets on with everybody. She calls a spade a spade. Um, and uh, um, I love her a bit. I think she's fantastic. The, the, the drives this time, Davey, you know, we just heard there from Laura, everything from, you know, the, the, the giving blood that we here in the View from the Bridge have been doing as well for our Bridge Tales to the, the, the blood to the donors and to various other is just fantastic. I'm very fortunate. I can't tell you what I call Laura. And Laura probably wouldn't want anybody to tell you what she calls me. But, you know, <laughs> we're very, very lucky that when I come up or we as a collective come up with a, a charitable idea and you take it, you, I always put them to Smallsy first because whether she was working for the Giants in official capacity or not before this year, 
she was still running point for anything that kind of charitable that happened at the at the organization so anything i ever came up with always went to her first and i i can't remember ever saying no that's not a good idea or, no let's not work out how we could do that better or let's get this done we've been very very lucky through this podcast we've been able to raise a lot of money for charities over the year and laura has been at the center of everything we've done so credit to her and let's get behind these things that we're going to be doing over the next wee while the the blood drive the organ drive it's not for everybody and that's fine the blood donation's not for everybody the organ donation's not for everybody and the teddy bear toss isn't for everybody but if it's for you get involved and um, we'll support it in any way we can Joe, I can't add to what the boys have said. Love Smallsy to death. Uh, she, uh, she's one of the linchpins that goes on behind the scenes of the Belfast Giants. You know, so many people who maybe aren't uh, as as involved with the fan base as us would have absolutely no idea of the things that go on. There are things that that I know Laura Small does that that she wouldn't want anybody else to know. It's going on all the time. Uh, Laura never stops. She's a real force of nature. Um, and uh, a big, big part of the reason, I love the team, I love the sport, but a big, big part of the reason I am as bought into this organization as I am uh, and as passionate about it as I am is it's powerful for social intervention uh, and, and what it does in the community. So far beyond the obvious headlines that have been written about this club since the year 2000, so much more goes on than you'll ever know. Um, and it does so much for so many people beyond what we can ever comprehend personally. And Laura, whether she likes it or not, is a massive, massive part of that. Um, and I'm just lucky she's on our side. Pat, I'm sure you want to say something to me, man. Mate, absolutely. Like, I can't really add anything that you guys haven't already said. Everything comes down to the fact that she is such a driving force behind this. And you look at these drives here with regards to the blood, the the, the donation um, awareness or donation discussion day, uh, the the Teddy toss, and she's able she's rhyming off all the places she's organised to get these these uh, these bears and toys to go to over Christmas, and the fact that this is all coming together over on Saturday, it just shows that actually what sort of a great drive she has and uh, like I say a heart of gold even you know we've all we've all been subject to some act of kindness from from, from Laura Small I know that we well, kind of to get a, a a little package through the post for the kids when when they were when they were born you know with little Smith 16 on the back you know is these are just little bits and pieces that were put together by the likes of Smallsy to just shows what sort of a, a good person deep down that she really is and it's fabulous to see and you know, these these drives this weekend are so important you know we've talked about the blood donation we've talked about the donorship you know and little Dahi as well I've been following him for for a while we've been you know we've got so many of these little kids we've spoken about it so many times like the Dahi and the and Dylan and little Blakey and little Blakey's looking you know we're going to be sending them Christmas cards if you get opportunity the send Blakey a Christmas card, please do. If you look on Twitter, you know we will t- retweet it out again. Just stick it in the post to say you know, we're thinking about him. But you know, Dahi as well. Over the last while, it's been so difficult, and you see the the work that his mom and dad are putting in towards all that, and they'll be there at Saturday to be part of it. It's um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good day on Saturday, and uh, please get involved if you can. Whether it's, whether it's donations, teddy bears, whatever you can do, please do it. And and, and more power to Small Smallsy's elbow for uh, for getting those things going. Yeah, Any I, other I, business for you, gentlemen? I went out the other day, and I've got a brown bear and a plastic bag ready to go. Happy days, mate. Happy days. Nothing quite like it. <laughs> I'm, sure I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to throwing it from the the um, what do you call it the the uh, production box to see if I can hit anybody in the back of the head with. Is it a heavy one? 
<laughs> Look, it's big enough, mate, for sure. I've no doubt about it. Awesome. No doubt about it. Any other business, gentlemen? Nope. <laughs> he's on this stuff. If for anybody on YouTube, says has just <laughs> excuse me left the building. He's I think that is probably waiting to show us that brown bird. <laughs> <laughs> bring it back on a plastic bag here. I really hope he doesn't bring that brown bird back. <laughs> it's time bag. to go. Time to go. Is, I think it is time to wrap it up. Oh, I this can't is... find it, lads. I thought I had it sitting there. I, I, had it, I, had it <laughs> no, I can't find that's, it. That's oh, uh, that's uh, let's wrap things up. Uh, big thanks to Jeff Mason, Slater Doggett, Tyler Bescarani, um, Scott Conway, Danny Stewart, and the wonderful Laura Small. Uh, the Player of the Month will, is now open for your vote. See at AVFTB on Twitter and choose from the short list of Mark Garside, Lewis Hook, Ben Dick, and Kieran Long. Voting will be open until Friday. The games this weekend, or sorry, the games this week, we've of course got Wednesday night against Coventry at the Sky Dome in the first leg of the Challenge Cup quarterfinal. And then we've two home games, Five Flowers on Saturday night. Uh, at 7pm, Nottingham Panthers at 4pm on Sunday, good tickets still available, get yourself down to the SSE Arena and if not, join our good friend, the Brown Bear himself Mr. Simon Kitchen yeah, I'm just asking Jasmine, see if you've seen that Brown Bear and about no, anywhere Definitely not, definitely not. No. Uh, Thank you very much to you gents uh, Thanks Good to see you Patrick. Uh, you can Get us on Twitter at AVFTB, uh, Facebook Instagram, KOTG uh, kidofthegiants.com uh, anything else Snapchat no not on Snapchat no TikTok David do you want to do our TikTok account no no hey Jazz Jazz, Jazz, Jazz hey, do you want to do a TikTok account for us no I could never I could <laughs> never <laughs> and on that bombshell wherever you are this weekend we hope you enjoy your hockey and we'll catch you here next time on a view from the bridge Sports Social Podcast Network.